to the second baseman Cano. The Yankees are back on top. Oh, what a shot by Stanton. And the Yankees have taken the lead. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pinstripe Pals podcast for episode number five. You know, this is our second take. Uh, we fumbled the bag the first time. I fumbled the bag. No, the yeah, first no, time we didn't fumble shit. Times. You fumbled the bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know we'll, we'll let you guys know. Uh, we'll post some bloopers later. Uh, I had said that Anthony Rizzo and Matt Olson were the best uh, third baseman in the league. Don't know what I was thinking there. You know, I had so many things going on in my mind. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. And John's a, McDonald's yeah. Wi-Fi, yeah, which yep. which is just gonna suck the whole time. <laughs> right, but you know we'll get we'll get through it. Um, but yeah, a lot has happened in the past week since we were on for episode four. Um, we got a lot to discuss, a lot of things. Um, but first of all, you know we got some guests in here. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing, doing good. good, bro. How are you? Hello, chill Thursday night. Yeah, we're we're doing great on this side, you know. Um, you know, no baseball, but still a lot to talk about baseball wise, you know, a lot of other sports that you know I can finally catch up on now. Um yeah, you know, not, not baseball is fucking awesome this year. Yeah, you know. And At least it is for me. <laughs> yeah, my my team's not doing all that well, but it's all right. It's all right. You know, my football team's doing great, you know. Tennessee Titans seven and two best team in the AFC without Derrick Henry. And, you know, we beat probably the best NFC team in the Rams. <clears throat> Let's talk baseball. <clears throat> well, <it's the> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, if we yeah, talk if you about got... other sports, we're going to be sidetracked and we're going to be on here for three hours. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going <laughs> to, yeah, we definitely don't want to get sidetracked. And, uh, I definitely don't want to fumble the bag again. Uh, just before I introduce my guests, I want to give a, Quick shout! I forgot the last time to uh, my guy James of Hammer Fitness. Uh, him and this is not sponsored. Not sponsored, <laughs> but potentially could be one day. Um, you know, you guys can hit me up about that on the side. I know you guys listen, uh, but thank you guys money. for the shirt. The shirt is awesome. Can't wait for you guys to drop some more merch. Uh, but with that said, uh, if you guys want to introduce yourself as the guest, and yeah, let's get started. All right, bet. So I'll get us started. My name is Mike Nunez. I met Ian through working at Nike a couple of years ago. Really stand-up guy. And he was like, hey, I'm doing a podcast, talking about some sports, some Yankees news. And that's what I live for, man. I'm a diehard sports fan, especially Yankees. Like, So when he presented this opportunity, I had to jump on it. So Ian, Chris, I appreciate you guys having me on here, man. Anytime. Most definitely. And you know, too bad we don't make any money on this currently. You know, hopefully soon one day. Uh, but yeah, we do have uh, real full time jobs outside of here. Yeah. You know, we're just, oh, yeah. we just, we just <laughs> talked this up for fun right now. But, you know, um, this has been something that I wanted to do forever, like we said way back when. But, you know, got to meet my guy Mike. And, you know, we've had a great relationship over the past three years or so. You know, many more years to come, many more parties and functions and all that type of stuff till, you know, 3 a.m. 100%, brother. 100%. Yeah. 
and then you know my best friend you know go for it so my name is John Coutinho. Um, I'm having horrible Wi-Fi right now, so bear with me. I feel bad. <laughs> I've been best friends with Eden since about. And the little-known uh, fact, he works at McDonald's, apparently. talk about sports all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I work at McDonald's full-time. Um... <laughs> no, it's part-time. It's just part-time. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Thank you guys for having me. Part-time, yeah, that's why the connection sucks. They don't give me the full-time. Yeah, they don't, give, they don't give them the um, Wi-Fi password. Yeah, no, you gotta get a promotion for the good Wi-Fi. I was I was excited for uh, yeah. <laughs> I was excited to see what Ian's to be a guest. I was more than happy. I'm very honored to be on the show. Very excited to get into some baseball talk and just happy to be here. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, we got a great uh, list of events for you guys. Um, we're gonna start off with the most recent topics. Our favorite Yankee all-time, Andrew Heaney, has signed a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they have compared him to Robbie Ray and others, saying that he could turn it around. Uh, what do you guys think of that? That is one of the most asinine projections <laughs> I've ever heard for a player in my life. Not yeah, even trying to be fun. That's, like, ridiculous. That's like comparing Yoani Cespedes to Mike Trout. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. Right it's mind-boggling. You see that right there? That's called lighting a fire up under his ass. That's what that is. That's all calling him next Robbie <laughs> Ray is. I honestly don't even think that lighting a fire under his ass can make him turn around what he did last year. Yeah. That was one of the most horrendous performances I've ever seen in the history of pitching. Yeah, and I'm so surprised that uh, Andrew Heaney is he even still had even, one good game. I can't, I can't believe he's even around in the MLB anymore. Like I thought when the Yankees released him, I thought this man was gonna like finally fall off the face of the earth. And then it just goes to show that the Dodgers want to try to rub it in the Yankees' face again and try to make this guy good, which I can never possibly see happening. Um. But, you know, if it comes to that, I'm not even going to be upset. I'm just going to be mad. <laughs> like, and it, yeah, takes well, a, it takes a lot let, for me to get mad. Let's just not focus on that. Let's not get you mad. Let's just focus right now that he's not our problem anymore. He could be the mayor of the sun somewhere else. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. He can be. I mean, he definitely can be. The one there's a lot better, there's a lot better options out there old. for us to get. Oh. Like, yeah, at, least we don't ha- at least we don't have to rely on getting a guy like Andrew Heaney again. Exactly, Thank and God. especially since he would have been in the bullpen, I much rather have Joel Rodriguez. <laughs> oh yeah, the arm like, barn. Yeah, they're. Oh yeah, the arm barn. bullpen. Terrible, terrible. I'm never gonna call it the arm barn. I don't care if they switch it. It's the bullpen. The bullpen. Oh, yeah. Um, another big thing that came uh, earlier, like after our last episode, was uh, Luis Rojas uh, being added to the Yankees coaching staff. Uh, they haven't exactly confirmed it yet. I think they're still working out some contract details and stuff like that. Uh, but that could be a huge addition, addition to the team. I really do like that. Uh, he was obviously the manager of the New York Mets in 2021. And even though the Mets had a disappointing year, uh, he looked like he could really take some step forwards in this role with the Yankees and really uh, 
provide some good insight for Aaron Boone. You know, they could uh, really learn from each other. I don't know yeah. what you guys think about that, but. Yeah, no, no it's, yeah, it's, I it's, like it. I like him. Anybody other than Phil Nevin, good. I'm yeah, fine. I, I think yeah. I think if the if the Yankees are smart, like Cashman's doing his part right now, talking to the agents about the players, which we'll obviously get to in a couple minutes. But I think uh, the way that they're handling the business of getting their coaching staff done early before free agency gets really hot is absolutely crucial. You want to make sure that your 100%. players know who your coaches are going to be so that they can get comfortable with them. And, you know, know that this team is going to be set up for success. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Like and Chris said, I'm just glad that Phil Madden's gone. Cause yeah. And, you know, that, that wild card was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. That I mean, was, that's a, I that's like, a tough play. To it's like, I mean, Judge was out by a mile. Like, you yeah, guys saw the, you guys saw the replay. Like, the ball was in the catcher glove. He wasn't even in the frame. Rounding third yet. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, at that point you could say that. Um, And I mean, it was just a bad, it was a bad call. He did the moment, obviously, you know, they need to score there, but it's like. They could have scored on another hit, you know, that, that decision was kind of like the, that was like end game right there. Like once, once he got thrown out at home, you knew that, you know, Boston was taking it. Yeah, and, and that Yankees, was like the right just about the moment it. where I decided to leave your house. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm going. Right. I'm not watching yeah. this anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, Unbearable. But, yeah, we got two two positions left to fill at coaching spots. Uh, we need a first-base coach because Reggie Willits decided to leave us. And then, thankfully, uh, a new hitting coach is coming because I absolutely despise Marcus Thames. And I hope he never works in the MLB again. But I've already talked about my hatred for that man, and I don't need to anymore because he's not my problem. Yep. Yep. Um, so we'll dive into Cashman first and just about all the pref conf- uh, press conferences that he's had uh, because they've literally been on his ass ever since he arrived at the GM meetings. And they're like, oh, are you going to see? Are you going to Correa? No. Is Gary leaving? Are you getting a center fielder? Who's going to be your first baseman? You know, what are you doing pitching-wise, all that? And I think he's handled it very well, you know, saying that they're really going to look into all the options and make sure that they do find, you know, the best fits because they have a lot of young talent that's going to be coming up in the next few years. And you really need to look at that and see, like, are you going to potentially – get people that are going to fit your roster long-term that are currently major league ready, or are you going to shift guys in the minor leagues and make them learn new positions now so that you can go and get the guys that you really want now and not have to move them from their primary position. I don't know. I, I think shortstop is kind of like, it's it's a tough position because you know you saw with a rod back when he came up with seattle and texas he was a shortstop he's probably the best shortstop in the game no offense to the captain i love Derek jeter but a rod was just a better overall player you know 
he hit for contact back then. He hit for power. And this was, you know, pre-steroid A-Rod. Um, and then we you know, have he to came, notify that. He came, and then, you know, he came to New York. And obviously, he's not going to take over Derek Jeter's spot. So they slide him to third. And, you know, he goes down as now possibly one of the best, you know, power hitting third baseman of all time. But it's going to be interesting to see with him coming on the the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year if he's going to get in. Um, but I feel like if there's a shortstop that's out there that can make that transition, it's going to come down between Correa and Seager. I don't see anyone else being able to move over to third if you're going to bring out one of your four shortstops that are, you know, sitting down below in the minors. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I do think that if the Yankees were to sign one of these shortstop guys, if they were to sign like Correa or Seager, I don't think that they would really shift them to third per se. I think they would much rather shift DJ to third since he's already familiar with the position. Right. I, I think, think that, that I, I think it was just rather sign somebody for short. I think that too right now. I think I think the starting lineup yep. for 2022 has DJ at third. But I'm saying like down the road, like a year or two when when Volpe is ready and Peraza is ready, they're both right. shortstops. Like are they gonna are you gonna move on from Glaber Torres and put one of them at second? Or are you gonna slide a guy like Correa or Seager to third and you know possibly by that time LeMayhew uh you know is on his way out. So, you know, we don't know. That's that's a topic that's probably gonna come down the road somewhere it's not gonna be something that the Yankees really have to worry about going into 2022 but definitely something to keep your eye on when the Yankees do sign a shortstop because you know they're going to like Brian Cashman has already come do. they're they're going to and you wow, know just get into being Andrelton Simmons if we wind up with Andrelton Simmons I'm gonna stop watching baseball <laughs> like I'm not, Cashman comes out but... to a conference. All right, we got our shortstop. <laughs> Are you guys ready? The new shortstop uh, of the hate... future, Angelton Simmons. I would hate that. There are four or five shortstops right now that are all under the age of 30. Angelton Simmons is already out of his prime. He wasn't even good when he was really in his prime. He was never a top five shortstop. The only thing that he was good at was fielding. Like, he had great range. But with the bat in his hand, like, I don't expect a lot out of him. So, oh, yeah, if, the, if, the Yankees, if the Yankees were to miss out on Seager and Correa and Story, and if they went with Andrewton Simmons, I'd rather Glaber Torres at shortstop than Andrewton Simmons. Yeah. I'd yeah, rather go anybody else. And I would rather I would rather Glaber Torres at shortstop than Javier Baez because Javier Baez might be one of the worst players in the MLB. Mm, yeah. That's a hot take. This season. Yeah. And I was looking at this earlier. Javier Baez had the third highest strikeout percentage in the league, higher than Gallo, I believe, at a 37%. And oh, he was over. He was over 50% uh, for swinging at pitches outside the strike zone. Well, yeah, so he's played disappointed. I, I have seen rumors that Brian Cashman has reached out to him 
And if Brian Cashman brings him to New York, I'm literally going to cry myself to sleep every night. <laughs> yeah. We just have to search up Hobbit holes in New York, and then that's where Cashman yes. is. And, and just, it's going go to be. Gonna, it's literally going to be like pinpointed. Like a, like a, like a I'm late. I'm late. Probably like up signs. Like late in my background, I'm probably like right near the Hobbit hole. It's probably like right in this trash can over here. That's uh, <laughs> right behind me. That's probably where Brian Cashman is right now, just like hiding out. Well, don't say that now because he <laughs> still hasn't exactly. signed anybody yet. Right. Right. And he's actually talking, which is the best thing. Like, and he's handled it very well. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for this off season. Like, um, you know, 2018 was a really good off season. You know, it was Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and you know, guys like that. Um, but I think this off season might beat that because there's just so many talented guys just at one position, um, and there's a lot of guys that. You just don't know where they're gonna go. Like there's Agreed. so there's so many possibilities like, out there. I think the biggest one of that is Correa because you don't. Uh, and back in take one, uh, John had brought up. I th- I don't. It was one of you two. Uh, you brought up that Correa might not want to leave Altuve. Yeah, and yeah, I said that. Yeah, I, that's a really good take, but then again, the Astros are offering him less money than what, let's say, the Yankees could also offer him. And I really yeah, do think yeah. that he is kind of more in it for the money now at this point in his career. And the Yankees he are still a good team. They're still a great team for him to be around. But still, like, the Astros are also good. But if it was if I was Correa, Astros or New York – I mean, you just got your asses handed to uh, the fucking Atlanta Braves without fucking Acuna. So I would get my ass fucking out of there, and I would say, yo, let's try something new. The Astros are yeah. such a shitty organization that they offered their well, we best. Have, we know that. They offered their best <laughs> player $160 million to come back on a five-year deal. Yeah, but we already knew yeah, they were a shitty a organization deal. for the past few years. That That's just yeah, showing I mean, you, like – they they really don't want him back. They think that they can do it without him, and I think they're completely wrong. They couldn't even do it with him. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. I mean, they they could only do it by cheating. But you know, we're gonna we're never gonna let that slide. But we're just not gonna talk about that because we don't need to. No. Um. So yeah. I mean, if. If I'm Correa, I want to get rid of – I know we have to go on to the next topic, but if I'm Correa, I want to get away from Houston as fast as I can just to try and regain my reputation. Because, right. as and we I, all know, everybody from that team has a wrecked reputation because of those cheating yes. scandals. And I think George Springer was the luckiest of them because he became a free agent right when the scandal came out and, like, once the actual investigation opened up after 2019. Oh, he got the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> and he was so lucky. I mean, the Blue Jays were so quick to swoop him up too. And that Blue Jay team is scary, but uh, obviously we don't even need to get into that because, well, we will because of, you know, one of the takes that John had on a free agent that he wants, um, which we can definitely go into that. So obviously we're going to move on. And obviously the area of need for the Yankees this offseason, obviously we've stated shortstop. Uh, center field could be another one. First base, 
more than likely catcher and starting pitching. Those are the main areas of need. Not saying that the Yankees won't upgrade at other positions, but I think those are the ones that Cashman needs to focus on the most. Um, and I think, I think we had John go first on take one. So we'll just go right back with you on your takes and, you know, those three players that you really want in New York. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with Seager. Obviously I think he's a great choice. The first take that he's a lefty. I, I didn't even think about that in my first consideration. I think Seager's a great guy to come out. He knows how to win. He's been. I, I he has what it takes to be a Yankee to live up to that big name and everything. Um, for my second free agent, I was talking about Robbie Ray. I think Robbie Ray takes a lot of pressure off Cole. He had a great season. I mean, he did awesome, like you were talking about. Like, they, they just got lucky, the Blue Jays. And Rizzo, get Rizzo back on first base, it would be awesome. The guy fits the team really well. He's great lock. He's great in the locker room. Like, he's, he's such a good morale player. He knows how to win. Like, he knows how to get it done, and he knows how to go far in the playoffs. Definitely, I agree. I mean, that 2016 Cubs team is like, I mean, it means everything to him. And like, you know, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and Kimbrell all leaving the Cubs this year. It was kind of sad. It was like every time one of them got traded, like Fuck you saw them. Shit, I'm out. You, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you saw them all like walking on the field for the last time. And like, I think some of them were just so shocked that it was over. But I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of them made it back there this offseason. Because the Cubs, Go the Cubs first. don't really have a payroll. And I feel like they were just trying to use their use their roster that they had and know that those guys would help contenders. Hey, Mr. Nunez. <laughs> wow, that was funny. Yeah, sorry for you guys listening on audio. Uh, Mike's pop came. Um, sorry about that, fellas. Yeah. Um, what was what was I saying about the, the Cubs? So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them made it back there. And yeah. I feel like if anyone was either, but if any of the three were to, I feel like Chris Bryant would be the most likely. Um, just because of how it all went down. You know, it was literally July 31st. The trade deadline was literally like right around the corner. There was like a minute left, and Chris Bryant hadn't been traded. No news, no word of anything. Four o'clock came. I'm I I remember this because I was saying on my hour um at work and just right on the screen is chris bryan traded to the giants and immediately after that like they went to wrigley and they lay found him in the dugout just like crying by himself and it's just like man like that kid has been there since he was just a kid like you know went out of went out of college got drafted by them all that stuff and just like that you know your entire career is flipped upside down thinking that, you know, you're a minute away from the deadline and you're still a Chicago Cub. And once four o'clock hit, he became a San Francisco giant. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to the Cubs. Yeah. I I, I, I could see. I would. 
I honestly would be surprised if he went back because, I mean, if you look at the way that roster is structured right now, I don't think that they're going to be in contention for the next few years. Uh, and and he's not getting they're definitely not a way better team. They're definitely not. They're, exactly. The NL, the NL Central is pretty much the Cardinals or the Brewers. Uh, the Pirates are rebuilding. The Cubs are now rebuilding. Um, the Reds are just inconsistent. Like, they really should have been a team that probably could have made the playoffs, and they just had a very disappointing season. Um, but there are a couple targets out there on the Cincinnati Reds that the Yankees are interested in. Um, I don't necessarily see any of them making their way to New York, but uh, maybe Brian Cashman does pull that trigger to get them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You never uh, know. This is this is one of those off seasons where anything is really right. Yeah, there. and you just yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen, where anyone's going to go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good free agents we, out there. We've seen Kershaw, Rodon. They didn't even get qualifying offers, which blew my mind. And then there's guys like wow. you know Michael Conforto of the Mets, who had a very bad 2021 season, who got a qualifying offer, probably should have taken it, and he didn't. And, you know, he's going to test free agency, and I don't think he's going to get a good contract. I I feel like he really messed up not taking that that one-year $18 million. Fumbled the bag. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah he, fumbled, he, fumbled he fumbled the, the bag. bag. <laughs> one and Ian. He fumbled the bag. There. Yep. <laughs> he pulled an Ian. Pulled an Ian. Uh, and Mike, Mikey, we're going to head on to your three free agents that you want to go after copy so i'm gonna go first i'm gonna start off with carlos correa i feel like he's yes, sir. an elite defender he's a year younger than seager so i mean that's not really that big of a difference but it ultimately does play a factor he has been relatively more healthy than seager so that's also a plus in my book and I've always just been high on him. Like, he's a very great player. He can hit to all parts of the field. He has that pop. And in Yankee Stadium, I feel like he has potential to hit between 35 and 40 home runs as a shortstop. So I definitely think that that would be a great fit on our team. I agree. And Hell yeah, brother. Put it, put aside all the, all the cheating stuff for a second. It's like he might be – the best player available in this free agent class. Deadass. It's, it's just going to come down. I think if Brian Cashman is serious about spending money, but trying to, you know, maybe get like discounts, he might take Seager. But then again, like you said, Mike, with the injuries, I mean, you know, Corey Seager in, in 2018 missed an entire season because he had Tommy John surgery. And that's, that's odd for, uh, position player to get that kind of thing obviously we've seen it you know as Yankee fans with you know Didi Gregorius and Aaron Hicks but you know mainly that's a pitcher injury that takes about you know 12 to 15 months to recover from and you know Corey Seager getting that definitely I don't think it damaged his career because he's still been phenomenal but it definitely hurt missing that time because that's gonna that's gonna affect you know the amount of money that he gets and the amount of money that Correa gets. Most definitely. Yeah. So then yeah, my I second one is... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I didn't say shit. 
Oh, that was John. My fault. <laughs> I cut now nah, because I saw the box on Chris, so I was like, "Oh shit!" That's just that McDonald's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. But nah, I was just nah. saying. I think as Yankee fans, we're options for shortstops are either between Correa and Seager. Like, I think that's that's something to be very excited about. Yeah, I mean, regardless, you won't really. And I have fortune it happens, but get ready for Andrelton Simmons. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Yankees. If you don't stop speaking that into existence, I don't. Yeah, please, please don't. No, I'm hoping Um, that, but I'm hoping the actual opposite happens. Right. That like getting ready for it, like oh my god, it's gonna happen, and then all of a sudden tomorrow we wake up, breaking news: Correa's and pinstripes. We're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be able to like go to sleep one night and wake up and see, you know, Corey Seager or Carlos Correa. Or, I mean, I'm still fine with Trevor's story. It's just like, I think, you know, there's been rumors saying that the Yankees have lost interest, but he's still an option. Like, Cashman still went out to his agent and spoke to him. I just feel like, it's so hard to come out of Colorado and expect to get paid the same amount as everyone else. And, and I feel right. like, I feel like too, because of all like the media circulation that the Yankees are soured upon story that like, if they offer a contract to him, he's not going to take it anyway because he's going to just be like, Oh no, they're, they're, they're looking for sloppy seconds. Like yeah. fuck these guys. Somebody, yeah. somebody is going to get Trevor's story for a steal. I just don't think it's going to be the New York Yankees. Mm-mm. I doubt no, it, I don't but think... you never know. Yeah. I think yeah, Cashman you, you never... has his eyes set on his two. Yeah, I, I do too. I think he definitely has his two targets. I do too. So I don't think, I think he has a plan C. Right. It's not even like a plan B. Like It's literally plan A, career or seeker. There's no plan B. I think if, if right. one fails, go with the other. That's literally what he's considering. Yeah, right now. I think – you know, the only team that he's really competing with, I think, is the Detroit Tigers because A.J. Hinch is there as a manager, and, you know, that was Correa's former guy. Um, and, you know, if if the Tigers do happen to sign Correa, it's like, if that happens, it's like, all right, you know, like, you just need to go and give Seager the money right away so that you lock up him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I think if Correa was to come off the market first, then the Yankees need to jump on Seager. Like, correct. The same day, same day. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And vice versa. Like, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's like if Seager yeah. gets taken, you jump on Correa. If Correa gets taken, you jump on Seager. Either one of them I'm fine with because yeah. I know they're going to, I know they're going to take it well. Yeah. They've both been under the spotlight. Seager played in LA, Correa plays in Houston. You know, they've both been in the playoffs every year probably since they've been in the league for the most part. And, you know, they have so much experience in the postseason. You know, they've both been a part of World Series uh, teams. So it's like that's something that we don't have besides Anthony Rizzo and uh, Gardner. But obviously we're going to get to Gardner in a, in a couple. Um, but enough said about the, the shortstops uh, because we could probably talk about this for hours. But obviously – Mikey, you still got two more free agents that uh, you can go after. Oh, yeah. Fuck, we're going to be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
like I did in take one, I'm going to shock a lot of people with this one. I'm going to stick with Verlander. I think even though he is old, I think he's former Cy Young. And if you look at his track record, he's a dominant pitcher and he's someone who can pitch late into a game, even at his old age. Before Tommy John, he was pitching into the seventh, eighth, complete games, still touching 98 miles an hour, 99 miles an hour. So I definitely think that if we were to take a one-year flyer on Verlander, that would do nothing but help us. I see it as a similar situation to Corey Kluber, where we'll take a flyer and he'll wind up being very productive. I feel like if Kluber didn't get hurt, he would have been even better than he was. And I think that we could do the same thing with Verlander. I think so, too, because Corey Kluber looked really good to start the year. And obviously he threw the no hitter. And, you know, the start after that, he got hurt and then he really didn't pitch again most of the season. But overall, I think if the Yankees were to do that type of thing again, they just need to be certain. Like, and I think Verlander's a better option than like a Corey, like Corey Kluber was out there. No one was signing him. So the Yankees took him. That's fine. I was excited. It's like, you know, Hey, like Corey Kluber, like, you know, that's an exciting name. Um, but I think Verlander is just a guy that's like, yeah, he had a freak injury. Like, yeah, it was Tommy John and everything, but you know what he's capable of and you know that he's going to come back stronger than ever. And, you know, he's already came out and said that he wants to pitch. So he's 45. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch, but if a team like the Yankees were to offer him a one-year deal and he came out there and pitched like he did in 2019, I don't see why he couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, Pitching to your 45. I mean, Tom Brady, Tom Brady wants to be a quarterback till he's 50 till he's 50. I mean, I know that's different, but it's like Tom Brady's taking hits from 300 pound linemen, whereas Justin Verlander's throwing a baseball. Eh, that's true. Just saying. Eh, Just saying. You got a point. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, last one, bro. Who you got? My last one. I'm gonna stay on track. I'm gonna re-sign Rizzo. He's a high. He's high on the priority board for me. I say, bringing him back is number two to getting Correa Seager, because I feel like he's a key piece. Like John said, and take one, he's a key piece of the locker room. I'm sorry, like he said, this take. He's a key piece in the locker room. Great leader. He's a champion. So having that in our locker room is gonna be great offer it. And then he's a lefty bat with pop. I feel like he's great for Yankee Stadium. He can hit anywhere. And he's an impeccable defender. So it's a no-brainer for me why you bring Rizzo back. It's a no-brainer. I think it I just mean, yeah. has to do with the money. I feel like I mean, having I think Rizzo, though, I think it would be good because, like, especially with getting rid of a guy like Gar- you bring back Rizzo and that just refills that position like no worries at all yeah I mean I think if you get him back for a discount kind of like how we were talking about in the first take of this um, I'm all for it because you know Matt Olson is going to cost a lot in prospects um, but if Rizzo's going to ask the Yankees for more than I'd say more than 80 million this clip I'm trading for Matt Olson. 
I mean, I don't think that Rizzo is going to be in that high of a price range. I don't see I hope not. getting I really more. hope not. I honestly, yeah, Rizzo's an amazing player, but he is getting older. He is trending slightly downward. So he had, he had the worst him. season of his career this year. I hope it I was a, I, I just getting, hope it was a fluke. Was like I don't see him for the Yankees, getting though. more than right. Maybe between twelve and fifteen million a year. I don't see him getting more than that. But I think if the Yankees were to bring him back, I think they could bring him on ten million a year. Yeah, I think if bring you can him back get, on like a four year forty million. I think if you could get him on the on the lower side of that, like the twelve million for like three, four years, I'll take that. Like I'll definitely take Rizzo for that. Yeah. Anything higher than fifteen though is definitely clip. Yeah, no, he's gonna but have to walk. He's not but I don't think he'll do that. You don't want to spend Yeah, I mean he's thirty two right now, he's gonna be thirty three next year. It's like He's not getting a deal more than four years. There's Honestly, no, if there's he no even way. gets a multi-year deal. I, I think he does. Who? I think he gets a multi-year deal. He's and I think a multi-year it's the, deal if he comes back regardless. The, the only problem I have is, and it, it's kind of hard because it's going to go either way. If the Yankees don't get Rizzo, Boston's probably going to make a move on him. But the Yankees don't get Olsen. Boston might do the same thing with him as well. So it's like we're going to have to really just like pick our poison and like hope that the other one, you know, turns out better. Um, that's the only reason why I'm for Olsen is because he's 27. And it's just like that's a huge age gap in any professional sport, you know, five years. Um, yeah. Matt Olsen also had a career year where he hit almost 280, 39 home runs for Oakland over 100 RBIs. Um, I mean, he's, you know, still left-handed bat like Rizzo. Uh, he's won multiple gold gloves at first base in the American league. He won a platinum glove. Um, so, I mean, I'm fine with either. I just think when it comes down to like the terms of age and, you know, obviously, you know, with the report of it's, uh, Rizzo's back injury, whatever that was. It doesn't concern me a lot, but there's a chance that it might if it continues to linger. Yeah, yeah, I, about his back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I when it comes to Olsen, almost when you texted me about picking three free agents, it almost held me back. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's like you got so many free agents to choose from, and I lay told you guys like three. So it, it's difficult, right. but it's at the same time, it's like we know what the Yankees are after, and I'm really happy to see that neither of you guys picked Starlin Marte. Oh, I don't want <laughs> Starlin Marte. Because he's, he's amazing. Like, I mean, he's a leadoff hitter. He's 33, I think, and he stole like 42 bags or something like that this year, which is – Really impressive. Wow. That was the most in the majors, but um, there's better. There's not many better options out there, but there's a lot of younger options out there. Uh, and one came up today, and the you know the Pittsburgh Pirates made Brian Reynolds available. Uh, the Yankees have a really good relationship with Pittsburgh. Obviously, they've made trades in the past, like the tie-on trade, which turned out you know pretty well for the Yankees. 
I would say. Uh, you know, the Yankees traded Russell Martin there, you know, way back when. Francisco Cervelli, Chris Stewart, you know, a lot of catchers that the Yankees traded back to Pittsburgh. Um, but the Pirates are also very well known for making bad trades <laughs> and like horrible. Yeah. Tra- I think the Chris Archer trade that they made a couple years ago might go down as the worst trade in MLB history because they got Chris Archer for Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and Shane Boz, who are all now at the major league level with Tampa Bay and are like killing it. Well, Glass so, now. Mm. Yeah, I mean Glass now got hurt, but that's because <laughs> that's because of the sticky stuff. You know, they took that they took that away and he got hurt immediately. And now, you know, he's gonna be out for 2022, which is it's a very tough loss for MLB and a very tough loss for Tampa Bay. But that's a huge opportunity for the Yankees to, you know, make a push and, you know, get those guys that are gonna help them get over that hump and you know, try to beat the Rays because you know, Tyler Glasson is a guy that is going to win 15 to 20 games every year for the next 10 years. And for Tampa to lose that for next year, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's but huge. I think, yeah, I think the Yankees could capitalize. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the most <clears throat> impactful injuries of recent yeah, memory. I think, I definitely think so. And I think, you know, I, I love Aaron Hicks, but with the all with all the talk of of interest that the Yankees have in center fielders, I don't see him being that starting center fielder. I feel like they're gonna make a big move, whether it's Starling Marte or Cattell Marte or Brian Reynolds or you know some other guy that we don't know about right now. And Aaron Hicks is just going to kind of like ride off into the sunset. Um, obviously, me and Chris both put out uh, videos on our Instagram, and we both had Estevan Florio starting at center field. But now, with more of these reports leaking, that's looking like it's going to not happen either. Um, and I think if that if that's not in the Yankees' plans, I think they need to trade him right away. I think he needs yeah, to be a guy that it's a waste of space. If you if you're gonna trade with Oakland for a Matt Olson or something like that, he needs to be in that package just because he's a guy that can't sit in triple A any longer. He's ready to go and he's ready to be a major league player. You can't hold him back any longer. Yo, um I hate to interrupt and change the topic, but unfortunately for like this simulation thing we're a part of. They want to meet at like 8.45, so I got to go and join them. But I appreciate you guys having me on and everything. I hope I can come back. And I'll... No doubt. Hope McDonald's Wi-Fi doesn't cool. impact that. <laughs> I got to be with this group. <laughs> hey, no, yeah, next, time, next time, I promise it'll be so much better. But, like, unfortunately, I just got to shit the bed. But um, I really do appreciate you guys having me. This is a great time, honestly. If you guys ever need, one, need a hockey guy or something, uh, most definitely we'll definitely get you on again appreciate you for coming on um yeah yeah. thank you guys no doubt bro great having you all right man have a good night all right take it easy all right yeah so 
with that, um, obviously, you know, with all the outfielders that we have and everything, the Yankees decline uh, Brett Gardner's option. And I think that finally means farewell. Um, it's sad, but yeah, you know, it's, we, it's, it really is it's you, tough. You got to see. Yeah, it at was, this point, you really got to see it coming. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's his upsetting, productivity but, you know, was on a steep decline. He's getting older. He's not really capable of playing every day. I it was it's time. I mean, thank you for all of your years and thank you for being that great presence, but it's the changing of the guard. Yeah, I think so too. And I think this is a big stepping stone for the Yankees. Um with the fact that everyone thinks that Gardner's done because it's finally going to be Aaron Judge's clubhouse. It's kind of hard for a guy like Judge to have the room when there's a guy like Gardner who has a World Series ring on his name. But now that he's probably not going to be back, this is really Judge's time to shine. And I think that um, before the season starts, Judge is extended. He's named captain and he'll be firing on all cylinders ready to go. Honestly, I don't want the Yankees to name another captain. I think Jeter should be the last captain. Like, the impact that that man had. I mean, I don't, I don't, think, anybody... I don't think anyone can replace Jeter's name. But I do think that at some point, you got to move on and name another captain and know who your leader is going to be. Because the same people from the 90s are going to say that when Don Mattingly retired and then they named Jeter. So it's like, yeah, like Jeter was the generational captain, but, you know, for kids that are growing up now, obviously when we grew up, Jeter was the captain and he always will be to us. But to the kids who are seven, eight-year-olds now who are, you know, playing Little League and, you know, dreaming of growing up to be a player someday, they're all looking at Judge. So I think that would be the move that the Yankees would make, and that would be the reason that they would do it. Yeah, I see. Oh that. yeah, I like feel the, you. The little league field has I... a right outside Yankee Stadium. Like I can only imagine kids out there playing, and just looking at Yankee Stadium and the pictures of Judge and Stanton and all those guys, and just thinking like, man, like I one day I could be there and mainly they're looking at judge because judge is the face of this franchise, whether you, whether you like it or not, you know, <clears throat> judge is the face of the franchise period. Like yeah. this is the judge's chambers. All rise for the judge. I, I mean, this I think is finally going to be judges team. It's all yeah. his. And I think, I think we can do that without the formality of naming a captain. I don't know. That's just my opinion. It may be biased because I'm a diehard Jeter fan. But I think Judge can lead the clubhouse without having the formality of the captain's title. I don't know. Yeah, just I agree. It, it can go either way. But, yeah, I hate to see Gardner go out like this because, obviously, I think the Yankees would have liked to have given him some type of like respectable, you know, way to go out or like some type of like ceremony or something, but it just wasn't meant to be. And, you know, there's better options out there. Um, then, th you know, that's it. I mean, you know, they didn't, 
they didn't pick up the option. The option was only $2 million. You know, the only lower you can go is like a million. And I really don't think they're going to waste their time on giving Brett Gardner a million dollars when they can just bring up a young kid like Florio. If you want to bring up Florio, he's bring up Florio. maybe like $500,000 on salary. I mean, money doesn't really matter right now. Like, it's just a roster spot, but Gardner didn't perform well this year. He hasn't performed well the last couple of years. And time, like we said earlier, father time catches up to people. And it really caught up to Gardner this year. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's sad to see him go, but it's time. It's it's that time. It really is sad because yeah. Gardner was my second favorite Yankee, so it's it's definitely tough to see him go. But if it is finally time to go, I can say that I was at his last game at Yankee Stadium. Right, you definitely and can. That's something I'll live with the rest of my life, you know, because I really liked that guy, and being able to be at that game and uh, man, it's gonna it's gonna be sad. It's gonna be so sad when he finally is like, yeah, no, I'm hanging it up. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna stink. Um, more topics to get to though. Um, so we did do this on the first take, and we talked about Gary Sanchez. We're not gonna talk about this for long. This is gonna be like a minute or two conversation. Um, but Brian Cashman said uh, that he is uh, open to trading Gary Sanchez. Do you guys think that they find a trade partner, and do you think that they find another catcher to suit up? for the Yankees in 2022? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think that they find another trade partner. I don't necessarily think they need to find another catcher. I think they have it in Higashioka. I think he's shown that he's more than capable of being an everyday catcher. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, but if, if, if they traded for another catcher, I could see Maldonado, or not even Maldonado, you wouldn't be able to trade for him. I think he's a free agent, but... Getting yeah, him and getting getting him and trading for a few other players, like a little like some prospects or something like that. Hell, I wouldn't mind that. Maldonado's a great catcher, and I just, he's definitely I just think, better than freaking Bowser. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Gary is going to stay. I don't know if unless Cashman gets a deal that like, not I wouldn't say knocks him off his feet because it's like. Gary's not gonna be worth a whole lot, but you still want to you still want to get something back for him because you know the potential that he can have. Um, and I do think that there are catchers um, in our system that could be ready if we don't go outside. Uh, obviously, I say this every podcast. I'm a huge Austin Wells guy. I just don't think he would be ready in time, so that's why I had Gary staying. And I think Gary would be a guy that the Yankees would move on from midseason, like a tr- July trade deadline where, where they can bring up a guy like Austin Wells, start Higashioka, have Wells learned under Higgy, or like you say, if another team goes after Maldonado uh, and you know he'll probably get another one-year deal somewhere, the Yankees could try to see like, hey, maybe we can you know, trade for a guy like that later on, but... 
you know, obviously Cashman's going to listen to everything for everyone, except for guys like Cole and Stanton and Judge. Um, but I think there's a lot of a lot of options out there um, as Gary Sanchez goes. But that's it. You know, I think Gary stays. You guys think he goes? Yeah. End of discussion. I mean, I don't think per se that he'll go because I don't think we'll find adequate package. I right. think he'll more than likely wind up being our backup. I think Higashioka should be our everyday starter. I could see that too. I've said that before. Because, I mean, both of like neither of them are great hitters, but Higgy did prove to make more contact with the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely be down for that. I like Higgy. Obviously, obviously he's Cole's personal catcher. He threw the note, you know, he caught uh, Kluber's no-hitter. So, you know, he was obviously doing things right behind the plate. Sanchez is just like a, sl- uh, like a slug behind the dish, and he doesn't move. So, you know, he's a liability behind the plate. Um, but there's no spot for him at DH because you have Stan. So a trade, it's almost inevitable that Gary Sanchez will be traded. We just don't know if it's going to happen. Right. Right. Yep. Um, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Um, the bullpen, Brian Cashman has said that he wants to reinforce it. Um, I don't necessarily think you need to from the outside. I think there's some quality guys down below in the minors that you could bring up as relievers, kind of like how you did Lewisga. Not a good starter when he came up. They sent him back down, tweaked some things. He came back up as a reliever, and he was probably a top 10 reliever in all of baseball this year. I think there's some other guys down there, uh, like Luis Medina, um, maybe even like a guy like Debbie, who they don't have the best command or control, uh, but they could be a guy that goes out there for an inning, maybe two, and, you know, could be really locked down guys for us. But I don't think we have to go out there and spend money on the bullpen. I'd rather subtract money. The bullpen's fine um, the way it is. Yeah. yeah and I think they fine. made a big move by bringing back Joely Rodriguez. I like that. That was a too, big yeah. move because he was they say he was a very key contributor. You no, know, big woo, but it's like, you know, they declined his three million dollar option and they paid him two million. So wow, you saved a million dollars to give to Correa or Seeger. Amazing. Yep. Um, but I think the biggest thing for the Yankees to do is uh if they want to save money somehow, let people explore the trade possibilities for Chapman and Britain. Because between the two of them, they're getting paid $32 million this season. That's a lot for, for guys that are pitching one in it. And they're pitching like 50, 60 games a year. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. You know. That's just that's just me. I think I think if teams would like them, and you know, there's a lot of teams that could use closers like that. And I think if you are okay with letting those guys go, Lewisaga can easily be your closer. Clay Holmes could be your setup guy in the eighth, and then you rock out with whoever else in you know the seven, six. You know, if you need those types of guys, but I don't think this even team Chad needs... Green could close out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I just I, I don't want to see the Yankees spend unnecessary money 
in the bullpen. But I, I love that they brought Jolie Rodriguez back. Uh, when they first declined his option, I was like, I was like, there's no way they're not bringing him back, right? Because he pitched really good. And I think, you know, both of our midseason transactions between Jolie and Clay, they both came in and we had no idea who they really were. And they really stepped up big time. And Clay was probably our best receiver or best reliever down the stretch. There we go. Fumbled the bag. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, slurring my words a little bit today. It's been a it's been a day. Um, I'm ready for bed. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Um. So yeah, we've pretty much gone through everything: center field, first base, all that. Um. What do you guys think are the three biggest things for the Yankees to do? And this is just overall, like it could be, it could be signings. It could be how many games they have to win, whatever it is. Um, what are three things that they have to do if they want to win the world series in 2022? Shine a, sign a shortstop, get a decent hitting coach from somewhere and play like you fucking want a world series. The end. Mike? Yeah. I would definitely have to say shortstop, priority number one. I would definitely have to say pitching. We have to shore that up while starting pitching. And then, yeah, piggybacking off of Chris, we just have to play like we want to fucking win. We've been playing defeated when we get down big in games where I just think that we need to – fight to the end we just need to put our freaking foot on people's throats and just play old school yankee baseball yeah i couldn't agree more and i think for me the pitching is definitely a big one uh you know your take on verlander john's take on robbie ray earlier uh they need to go out and get someone to be behind cole there's been a lot of names thrown out there uh you know verlander Kershaw, Scherzer, Robbie Ray, Rodon, Gosman. There's a ton of starters out there that could be that number two guy for the Yankees. Um, and they have, they have to just figure out who it's going to be because they need someone to back up Cole. They can't have what they had this year where guys were up and down with injuries. And it was just, you know, that's why Cole in the end, you know, didn't perform as well because he was so fatigued. He was so tired and hurt that he just couldn't perform to his best anymore. He did all he could for that team all year to keep a minute. And that's, that's about it. Yeah. He essentially had to carry the pitching staff on yeah. his back and it yep. got to him at the end. Um, hitting straight contact, like whoever you think is going to be on base machines, everything. I don't, you don't need power hitters anymore. You got Gallo judging Stan. Those are you guys who are going to be swinging for the fences. Everyone else that's on that lineup one through nine and on the bench should be guys that can get on base for those guys to be able to drive them in. That's how the old school Yankees used to do it. You know, that's how it always was. You know, they got the best players that could, you know, deliver in the clutch moments. And, you know, that's what the Yankees need to go back to. Uh, and then number three, you need to trust Aaron Boone. 
you brought him back for a reason. Mm, that's a good one. You you need that's you need great. to let him really hold the ropes and ride the horse and you know let him be the manager that you want wanted him to be when he first came here and let him have a say in things because I feel like his first go around with the Yankees was more of like he was like a puppet. I think this time around, you know, with Rojas there, you know, whoever else they might bring in, they really need to let the coaching staff do their thing and really lead this team and, you know, lead their ace, Garrett Cole, lead Aaron Judge, and have those guys be your franchise players and everyone else can just fall in into place. But Yeah, that Boone take is pretty good. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, they, that's they, a great they, take. They they really overlook uh, the importance of the impact that a manager has on their players, and they they only a lot of people only look at it to see like how they operate the team, but they look at the players look at the manager like a coach, like like the big like a big coach, and right. it's just if you if he rubs off on or the team thinks that he's rubbing off on him the wrong way, you're going to see it. Um, no, definitely. I, and I, I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of the players this year saw the media just completely blasting Boone and it kind of had an effect. Like they were just like, uh, maybe this guy isn't so great, even though like he's in our dugout right now and he's, he's maybe he's not so great. Maybe he's making mistakes. Maybe we shouldn't trust him so much, you know? And that's, I feel like that's part of what, happened this year like they looked at boone in a weird way and you could see it especially when especially when the media started circulating it around even more like maybe midway through the season and you were just like oh my god like what the fuck is boone doing like a lot of the media was saying that and you could see it it had an effect i guess the players spent a lot of time on yahoo and ESPN and they're reading too much. I, yes. So that's yes. a great take. I think so too. And, you know, we're going to segue into our little, uh, our little courtroom, uh, you know, guilty as charged scene in a minute, but the Yankees are going to go as far as Boone can take them. And as far as the Yankees can get Garrett Cole help. And, you know, this is where we're going to lead into our favorite segment. Um, so here we go. Yeah, here we go. So order, order in the court, order in the court. Garrett Cole is on the stand today. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, if we think that the Yankees overpaid for Cole is uh, if banning the sticky substance is going to hurt him and, you know, is there going to be a way that Cole is going to be able to turn it around from the end of the season that he had? Chris, we'll start with you. You can defend uh, Garrett Cole after I'll take my take on interrogating him. Mikey, you're going to have the final say if he's uh, guilty or not. Got it. All right, so I'm going to defend Cole um, just because like, a lot of people are like, oh, did the Yankees overpay for Cole? No. Absolutely not. Garrett Cole is an absolutely amazing pitcher, but that's when he's healthy. I feel like if the Yankees, especially closer to the end of the season, if they rested him just a little bit more, 
<clears throat> with the hamstring. I, I really feel like he would have done better, especially in the wild card game. I do feel like that did have a mental edge in Cole with the injury, but other than that, you pitched pretty well this season. Nick, he had a complete game shutout against his former team. Uh, it doesn't really happen too much, but the just the injury is what I think ended up being the downfall of Cole and the Yankees have nothing to do with it. The sticky stuff isn't going to really hurt him. I don't think he's a tough guy, but except for when it comes to hamstrings, I guess, but you know, <laughs> but no, I, I, I def, I'm defending Cole for just the reason that no, the Yankees didn't overpay for him and that the hamstring really did him in, especially close to the end of the season. Just let it rock. He's going to have a lot of rest now. Um, so once he's back, you'll see. Wow. Okay. Um, I think the Yankees slightly overpaid Cole. I think it was uh, really good that they gave him a long-term contract. Um, obviously, you want him to be your ace and everything. Um, I think they did him wrong when they didn't sign him another a number two starter with him. They kind of were just like, oh, you know, we're going to bring you in and you're going to rock with just, you know, four other guys. You know, yeah, they brought in Paxton and Tanaka was there and, you know, CeCe was on his way out. But that's not a rotation that scares a lot of people. Um, and, you know, now now you got to look at it, you know, a couple of years later and, you know, you're still at the same thing. Your rotation this year was a mix of, Cole, Tyon, Gluber, Herman, Nestor, Cortez, and Michael King, and Nick Nelson started games. And it was it was very poorly constructed from the beginning. Um, and with the amount of starters that are out there this offseason, Brian Cashman can't afford to fumble the bag. He's already on a thin stretch, a thin string. Um, you know, he's on his final year of his. Uh, GM contract and he has to make the best moves for this team uh, I think Robbie Ray like John said is the perfect fit uh, Cole fumbled the bag just like I have all, all of tonight with this episode the last month and a half that Garrett Cole had was pretty pretty bad like it wasn't good at all from September 1st on he had Two quality starts. He had September 1st at the Angels. He threw seven innings of one-run ball. And September 14th, he pitched five innings of one-run ball against Baltimore. Everything else other than that was absolutely horrendous. Toronto, September 7th, three and two-thirds, three runs. Cleveland, September 19th, five and two-thirds, ten hits, seven runs. Boston, six innings, five hits, three runs. That was September 24th. September 29th, last start of the season, six innings against Toronto, nine hits, five runs. Then the wild card game, obviously we all know about that. You know, two innings, four hits, three runs, and basically that was the game right there because the offense couldn't do shit against Nathan Ovaldi. Um, overall, Garrett Cole had a, a good season, definitely not his best season. Uh, he had 181 innings pitched. He gave 69 runs for an ERA of a 3.23. Uh, great numbers, still not, 
Garrett Cole-like numbers, though, because of the sticky substance being banned. Um, but I don't think that that is what we're looking for from the guy that we paid $324 million for. When you come down into the crunch time in September and October, that's when you need to be your best. And like how we talked about before in 2009, when we went out and spent money on Sabathia and Burnett, those guys showed their true colors in September and October. And there's a reason why we brought home a 27 title because they were able to go deeper into games and really, you know, get us going and gave our offense a chance. Cole was the only pitcher in our rotation that consistently gave our team a chance besides Jordan Montgomery. But that's not enough. Jordan Montgomery can't be a number two starter in MLB ever. I yeah, like the guy, but he's he a backup. He's freaking dirty. He he will always Tampa. be Jordan Montgomery will always be a four and five. And you know, two, three years from now, Jordan Montgomery is probably not even gonna be a Yankee. Like, let's be honest. So yes, you overpaid for Cole, but you're gonna you're gonna get him back. Like he he had a rough stretch, but you know that he's gonna come back and be dominant. They just need to figure this whole thing out with the six sticky substance. And Brian Cashman needs to go out there and get him an, another starter so that not all the pressure is on him to perform. So Robbie Ray is my guy for that. Maybe a Carlos Rodon. I think Robbie Ray uh, is still going to cost a little less than Rodon would. But I think if the Yankees offered like a five-year deal to Robbie Ray, of about like 100 to $120 million. That's a phenomenal deal for the Yankees. Phenomenal deal for Robbie Ray. You stay in the ALEs where, you know, you dominated this year for the Blue Jays. Um, I just don't think the Blue Jays are going to have enough to compete with other teams for Robbie Ray because they want to keep Simeon. They do want to keep Ray, but you also got to think about extending Bo Bichette in a couple of years, extending Vlad in a couple of years. Those are going to be contracts that are going to be 250 million to 300 million plus on just those two guys alone. And obviously they don't want to give those guys up. So that's going to be where the Yankees need to swoop in and say, okay, Cole, how about this? Go, Brian Cashman goes to Garrett Cole and asks, who do you want? Garrett Cole gives him a name. That's who you're going to go get. But for right now, Cole fumbled the bag towards the end of the 2021 season. He's not going to win the Cy Young. Robbie Ray is going to win it. And because of that, he's going to go tell Brian Cashman to get Robbie Ray. And they're going to be a one-two punch. And hopefully be a, a stepping stone for the Yankees to reach the World Series with a supporting cast of, you know, like Tyon and Seve and, you know, maybe a Verlander. We don't know. Mikey, it's on you though now. That's that's it. That I'm not gonna lie, those are some compelling arguments for both sides of the spectrum. But I am gonna have to side with Chris because I do not feel like Garrett Cole was underpaid. And I honestly don't think that the sticky substance ban has had that big of an impact on him. 
I honestly think that it's more of just a general fatigue and it honestly could be mental because there, like you said, Ian, there's was no number two. It was him and nobody else was reliable enough. So I don't think that it was necessarily the sticky substance crackdown. I think that it was just mental wear and tear, physical wear and tear, and he just had a lot on his plate. But I think this year coming up, 2022, you have Severino. He should be going back into the rotation. We can possibly get Robbie Ray. We could get Verlander. We still have Montgomery, who's decent. And then we just have to figure out that fifth spot. So I do think that our rotation is going to be shored up. So I don't think that there's going to be a lot more pressure, per se, on Cole, even though he's still going to have that ace tag. He's going to be like, all right, I have – number two, I have a solid rotation now. I don't have to worry about it necessarily being a must win every time I take the ball. So I definitely think that he'll have a much better 2022 season. I'm going to go bold and I'm going to say he's going to have a sub three ERA. I I feel like it's going to be a bounce back campaign. I definitely think it's going to be a bounce back. He would have had that this year. He just had a bad month of September. That really inflated his ERA. I'm telling you, that mental block and just general fatigue is it's getting to him. Yeah. So you're siding with Chris, right? I am. Man, that's tough. Chris, is that? That's two weeks in a row for you, right? Yep. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Wow. I'm a good defense lawyer. I guess guess you (laughs) are, yeah. I guess you are. Well, you won. With, yeah, you won with Gary. I couldn't. I couldn't defend Gary. That was too hard. But nice job. Uh, we're gonna move into our last thing, and then we'll go into final statements. Uh, Mike, just want to thank you again for being on. Uh, we did ask some of fan course. questions, uh, real quick. Um, Let's so do it. my boy James uh, said, "Why do you think the Yankees re-signed Boone?" I I think it's just because of what I said a couple of minutes ago. They trust him. Uh, they trust him enough. And I just think that they need to give him more power. Like, he is the manager. Let him go do his thing and don't make him a puppet anymore. Yeah, I agree. Yep. It's, I agree. Yeah, definitely. They got to just – they obviously, like you said, be trust him. I, I don't really see – like, we talked about this before, but – there's really no other managers around that are like as good as Boone, like in terms of being able to just sign one and go like, but yeah, but you just got to put we the players trust him. We all trust him, I guess. So yep. see how this turns out. Definitely. Uh, and then one more question we'll do, and then we'll just go into final statements. You know, we'll try to answer some more questions as we go. There were a, a decent amount of questions, but we're on a little bit of a time crunch now. Uh, what would you each give up if it meant a guaranteed Yankees World Series win? Oh, mm. damn! I would oh. probably. God, you can. Go I give up my Not... car. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Would you? I You're give being up dead my ass. Car. Are you being? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, I would. 
I would, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I would give up. I can't really name one right now, like per se, but I'd say if I could pay, like, say hypothetically 10 grand for a guaranteed World Series win, I'd do it. Like, <laughs> no as a regular person, I'm paying 10 grand. That's funny. I'm dead. I'd probably pay that in tickets per year anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, um, if I had to pick anything to give up, I would probably give up eating pizza. Wow. Dead ass. That's actually... See, I don't really like pizza, so that wouldn't be a problem for me. <laughs> I'm going crazy on this one. I'm giving up my job. <laughs> How are you gonna make? How are you? How are you gonna make money to buy tickets to games then? Oh, I have to find another way to make money. I mean, I could, ju- I could just, I could, I could just, <laughs> apply, I could just apply somewhere else. I would just give up my current job. No, no offense or anything. Oh, that, I, know, nah. I know, I know, a lot of you at work uh, are watching this. You guys are great and everything. Just you know, you guys know uh, what we deal nah, with on a daily nah. basis. But that you doesn't really know count. You both worked at the same that place. But that doesn't count. Like it really doesn't count because you can just go give up your job, then go get another job. Like you know, there's got to be something you got to give right. up completely that you cannot have until the World Series is won. From from ape, you know, sleep on the floor. Yeah, that's a good one. All I'll right, take a, I'll take an air mattress, a couch. I could fall asleep anywhere. So I'll, I'll give up my bed. I give up my even though my bed's I, I really dare you, my TV. I dare you to find my Genesis coupe again, and I want you to fall asleep in the back seat of that. You think you could do it? Yeah, I definitely think I could. If you can fit, <laughs> more power to you. Yeah, that's a big if. I'm a I'm a very large individual. Um, but yeah, that's tough. it. Uh, we did have a couple other questions, but I think I want to leave them, and we can answer them. You know, throughout a couple weeks of a podcast. Uh, if you guys got any final statements before we close it out, this was a fun podcast. You know, we had yep. a fun first take where I kept fumbling the bag. Uh, I can't wait to edit that one out. Tony Romo. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike, if you, Mike, if you got any Mark final Sanchez. statements, <laughs> Mike, if you got, if you got any final statements, uh, you can go first and then we'll go Chris and then myself. Oh, no, absolutely. So, Chris, my Uh-oh. guy Ian, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was a blast. A lot of fumbles, but overall, it was just great, great discussing the Yankees, discussing sports in general, and I hope to be on another one of these in the near future. Oh, you did most definitely. Bro. You most definitely, bro. It was great having you. Chris, anything? Oh, yeah. I'm ready for bed. I know. That's my final statement. Yeah, I, I know you. I know you got work in the morning. I uh, appreciate you for staying up later. Uh, no, for me, course, the only final statement I have that I I meant to bring in in the beginning of the podcast, uh, and you know we're gonna give this guy a round of applause. He's our leader. Shout out to Aaron Judge. He uh, got a silver slugger today. So very nice Absolutely. job, sir. Second one of his career. Obviously, many more to come. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Stanton didn't get one, but that's only because Otani got it. So it's oh, tough. I just, can't but... wait. I just can't wait for the MVPs to come out and the Cy Youngs. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be very right? interesting. The 19th, November 19th. That should be the day of the next podcast. 
maybe maybe we could do it we'll just have to figure out our schedules but yeah congratulations to aaron judge our captain 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 nope not not sorry not official yet we're not uh affiliated with the yankees <laughs> by any means so but yeah this was fun guys this was fun we you know we love doing this for you guys you know we love bringing guests on like Mike and like John before. Yeah, shout out John, man. The Wi-Fi was bad. Um, but you know, he tried his best and you know, I appreciate him. You know, we've been best friends for forever. And you know, I've always, you know, wanted to get him on since we started this, you know, over a month and a half ago. And he said, Yeah, he said Has it really been Let's a month do- and a half? It has been. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> wow it's, ama- it's amazing how time flies we're already five episodes in and you know i already got the six one lined up i already got segments lined up for that one and you know i can't wait to can't wait to share that one with y'all because that's going to be fun that's not going to come for probably another two weeks because of uh thanksgiving and the holidays and you know i work in retail so um yeah, black, friday. black friday yeah, black friday is going to be ridiculous uh but <laughs> we are looking to hope days. to get to you guys the week after that again um the only thing that would get us back on here sooner is if uh, a miracle happens and you know we get a big free agent attack <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um but again always fun with you guys chris always fun with you every week Mikey, I can't wait to have you back on. And, you know, we're going to close it out for tonight, and we will definitely see you guys soon. 100%. This is a ball, fellas. Yep. Have in a good name, night, everyone. In we'll the name from of you Judge guys Stanton and Carlos Correa, this is Chris. I'm out. I, I like that. That's cool. That was, that that was, was tough. That That's was, a great way to end it. Yeah. End scene. I can't, I can't top that. Good night, guys.